AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, welcome to our Friday night sober distancing live stream. Today, Angela and I will be talking about platitudes, slogans, and common sayings heard in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Are they useful? If so, which ones? And are any of them particularly harmful? Are any of them just downright mean? Are we coming up with any new slogans of our own in our secular AA meetings? Maybe they're coming up with some in some of these Zoom meetings. But uh, before we begin, let's touch base with Angela at our satellite location in Boise, Idaho, and see how she's doing. Angela, how you doing? I'm doing good. Very good on this Good Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that a little bit beforehand. It's like, oh, Good Friday, Good Friday. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, things are going great here, and, and I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, it's a good idea that you had. I... Uh, um, I didn't do much preparation, although I did I did make a list of um, sayings that I've heard over the years. And I kind of started with the ones that I heard um, really at my very first meeting and in my early days of sobriety. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one that I heard that um, I, I didn't know that this is like we were saying, I didn't know that other people had come up with this. I thought this lady who said it was the one who invented it. But she said um, she told me, she said, don't drink no matter what. Even if your ass falls off, just pick up your ass and take it to a meeting, she told me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a prophet, right? <laughs> she was, I thought, wow, these people in their ears, they're just, uh, they're so, they're like Mark Twain or something. Yeah, wise, <laughs> wise. Yeah, I, the one like that for me, um, it's along the similar lines. Um, I heard a lot of the don't drink no matter what. Um or, or that um, uh, you don't have to drink again if you don't want to. And, uh, and I heard that one quite a bit. Um, but the, the way it was phrased that helped me was when somebody said um, that you don't have to drink anymore even if you want to. And for some reason that, like, you know, that stuck with me. That got me because, you know, there were times when I still wanted to. But, you know, just the idea that I didn't have to, you know gave me an option there. So I liked, I liked that one. One of them that, um, that I think is funny that, um, that we hear a lot <laughs> and you had it on your list on, um, on the, uh, Facebook group, um, was the take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth because that one's often, often combined, you know, in the same meeting, somebody will say something like that. And then somebody else will say newcomers are the most important people in the room. And, and you're like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. And nobody blinks an eye. It's just, you know, yeah. And it's, it makes it's funny how sense that's, to the people in the room. And they usually say that it's usually somebody says, yeah, when I came into AA as a newcomer, they told me to take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and sit and listen. Blah, blah, blah. Like they, it's always someone talking like that, you know, like this is what I was told. And uh, I, I sometimes wonder, is that, is that really true? But, you know, yeah. I found that to be just the opposite for me. When I was new, I needed to talk. and and what's really ironic is as someone who's been sober for a while i need to listen 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, and so we, we definitely, um, don't say that in our meeting and, and we've had business meetings where we've talked about, you know, um, some of the newer people hearing that in other meetings. And, and so we, you know, have somewhat a, a try to be conscientious of that idea and make sure that the new people know that, that they're welcome to talk. And that's, you know, that's where we're able to be of best service is when, you know, somebody's telling you how, you know, what's going on and the difficulties they're having, then we're able to share, you know, how we got through those or point them in the direction of somebody we know who may have a similar experience and got through it sober and things like that. So, yeah. It's like the people who tell them that I think, I think that they're, they're good and they have good intentions. It's like someone told them that at one time. And so they think that it's, wise and the right thing to say I suppose I don't know uh, I don't know I think with the <laughs> cotton out of your ears thing is usually just you know somebody being um you know either I've heard it where um it's somebody somebody newer has shared or you know maybe they've shared it every single meeting and um and then somebody you know is is cranky and and so says you know yeah they basically think that they should listen rather than talk so much and they might get something out of it, you know, but it's still not necessary. I, I don't know that it's ever been said in a way that was, you know, trying to be polite, You're <laughs> right. You're right. you know, so maybe they're trying to be helpful, but they don't care if it's polite or not. You're right, actually. And, you know, there, there is that, that strange phenomenon that I haven't really witnessed for a long time of the cranky old timer. The, the, the group, the group that I used to go to, had a lot of those guys. They were really were cranky, and th that's exactly the guy who would say something like that. Take the cotton out of your. your, your, your. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah, you know, I, I guess when I was um, when I was newer, I would hear that, but I I never really like let it influence me because um, I, I pretty much very early on I didn't say a whole lot anyway. But after a while, I needed to say a few things, and uh, but yeah. Yeah, I found I found that advice to be very very wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another one you had I think on your list was uh thinking through the drink. And um that one made me think of the, you know, think 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 which is used to be like on bumper stickers and you know, I saw it on posters in some, you know, really a lot older meeting houses and stuff, but I never heard it in meetings. You know, I don't think once. <laughs> And, and as a newcomer, did I ever hear think, think, think? And so I, um, I went to, you know, look up like what that's about and uh, found somebody who said that it uh, originally um, was thought of like, think before you take the first drink, think where you have been and then think where it will take you, which is basically what thinking through the drink is, <laughs> you know, just another way of thinking of saying that. So, yeah. So I learned that today because, um, you know, I think it would have been helpful for me to hear more of, of the think stuff. Cause most of the time when I shared that, um, you know, that I'm atheist, which I did at every single meeting, um, I would get that I might be too smart for this program and, uh, you know, and, and that, yeah, that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I need to keep it simple and not make things complicated. It's like, well, you know, if I'm trying to find something to help me manage my life, you know, I, I want that to be a wise choice. Um, alcohol obviously wasn't a wise choice for me. So I don't want to make that mistake again, you know? Um, so yeah, I was definitely discouraged at the first group I went to. And I, I actually have an interesting story to, I could relate about that. Think, think, think slogan. 
And what I was told is that they used to say, think, think, think before you drink, drink, drink. But at my old home group, we had these, we had these signs um, that must have been up there forever. And they were like tobacco stained and <laughs> the glass was broken and they were just really just falling apart. And all of this, we had all of the slogans up there, except for the one that said, think, think, think. Okay. Well, this, this nice, nice man that was going to our meetings, he was fairly new. He decided he's going to do something nice for the group and he was going to buy brand new slogans and nice new frames and hanging them up on the wall. So he did that and he surprised everybody. And he included the one slogan that the group did not have hanging on the wall. And that slogan was <laughs> think, think, think. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they just went crazy. They said, no, thinking is what my problem is. You can't think. Right. It was like, yeah. anyway, it, he was just devastated because he thought oh. he was doing something nice. And yeah. these people were upset about the think, think, think. And they actually took it down from the wall. Oh. Not to think. What is wrong yeah. with that? Isn't that weird? Yeah. The think, think, think really bothered oh, them. That makes me sad. Yeah. People We're like good. to think that they like to think that, well, it was like, there's something wrong with my thinking, I guess, is what they. Right. Like yeah. Well, that's kind of what I, I was discussing, um, you know, with you and um, and Joe on Facebook was, you know, because both of you had uh, what was it? My best thinking got me here. And I, I think that you guys think about it or understand it differently than I do, because when I've heard it in meetings, it's usually, you know, somebody um, trying to emphasize that they need to let God take control of their life because, you know, their best thinking got them there, you know, as in that they can't think for themselves. Otherwise, they'll, you know, drink and die and, and such. And so, yeah, so it's not one of my favorites, you know, because of that. No, um, no but, it's not you know, mine either. It, it was, I was thinking that more like, um, it, for me, when I'd hear that, it used to confuse me as a newcomer because I thought, well, yeah, my best thinking did get me here. I mean, it was a good idea for me to stop drinking and go to AA. So right. I was always kind of confused by that whole thing that, you know, my best thing, but I knew what they were trying to say. Like, just as you suggest, they were trying to say that I can't think. I'm, I'm, you know, my, my bad thinking made me an alcoholic and that's not the case really. That's right. I agree yeah. with you on that. No, yeah. I agree. Totally. Well, and it's just interesting that, you know, that it's the same phrase, but you know, there's different ways to, to think about it or different perspectives. The other one that, that I find hilarious is the suit up and show up. And so for me, I heard that, you know, um, you know, from the beginning, suit up and show up. Um, but the way I've heard it talked about um, in my understanding was like, you know, to when you do the, the steps, you know, that, you know, you suit up and show up and you go to meetings and you be of service. And so it was kind of a, a you know, get your shit together and <laughs> go be of service type of a thing, you know. And uh, I think it was Joe that w that posted an article on that. No, it was like they'd actually get in a suit and show up to speak and that, you know, and that that's what you were supposed to do and that there are still meetings, you know, it, my understanding right now, where if you're asked to speak, you're supposed to show up you know, dressed up in, you know, either a suit or some sort of, I don't know, cocktail dress or whatever. And, and I'm like, really, I, I, I did not know that I didn't, 
And know that they literally meant, you know, suit up and then show up to speak. I, you know, <laughs> I, I never thought, thought of that. Of it it makes total to sense, to, though. Yeah. To that's get what into we the program. Yeah. yeah. Suit yeah. up and show up and do the AA program. But no, they meant put on a suit yep. and show up to a dinner. Yep. <laughs> if you ever look at the pictures from the 1950s, early 1960s of an AA meeting, a speaker meeting or something, you'll always see they're all dressed up. Everybody's well, yeah, even nice. like um, PRASA, the, the Pacific Region AA Service Assembly, um, I went to that uh, last, not this last, not the current year, um, but uh, the year before. And um, and for the big speaker meeting, um, they they everybody at that table was all dressed up in suits and, you know, like sequin gowns and stuff. I thought it was a bit much, but I'm like, well, maybe these people, you know, don't go out much. I don't know. Um, and yeah, and now, you know, after I learned that um, from Joe, it, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, old school and that's what you do, so... Anyway, <laughs> Johnny B in the chat room is making a comment about the thinking. He says thinking puts ownership on the individual and takes it away from the program. Old timers are threatened by anything that's not the program. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, and it also, you know, depends. I hear the program definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, what that the program is, is different in different areas, right? You know, because like, if you're in the Pacific group, then the program is that you do whatever your sponsor says, you wear what your sponsor tells you to wear, you get a job where they tell you to, and you date who they want you to, you know, you live with who they tell you to. Um, and so that's the program for them, um, as well as steps and such. Um, so you know, these newer, I well, I guess not newer, um, but books on the history of AA, I find really interesting um, as far as, you know, what the original program was and, and how much of it um, is doesn't resemble what we do today, you know, um, as far as like, you know, the Lord's Prayer and chanting at the end of meetings. Uh, that was when I asked Joe about, uh, like, do you know where the, the chant, holding hands, chanting at the end of the meeting, the keep coming back? Because when I was in Alateen, it was just keep coming back. Um, and then I think it developed into keep coming back, it works. And then now I hear keep coming back, it works if you work it. And then I've even heard keep coming back, it works if you work it. So work it because you're worth it. I'm like, when is this going to end, <laughs> you know, and who started it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, um, he said that as far as he knew that it came from the EPAWS um, back when he, he was a part of that in Toronto and stuff. So, yeah, those dang youngins. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. I, that makes sense. I remember uh, that going on, gosh, when I was first um, – fairly new to the program, I'm pretty sure. And there were some of the groups I went to that would do that. My home group did not do that. We weren't, we weren't a handholding group, although they did pray and they didn't do They didn't do any of that chanting stuff, but other groups, the chanting stuff became more popular, I think as time went on and it got to be too, where um, this is kind of off the subject a little bit, but people would like um, start chanting back at whoever was reading something. Like if you read like mm, how it works, yeah. then they would yeah, chant they back that. at yeah. it. Yeah. That was, that's kind of weird. That's kind of a new phenomenon, I think. But um, anyway, um, one thing I wrote down that I don't hear very much anymore. Um, and I wonder if you ever hear it is I, people used to talk about earth people, the earth people being the non-alcoholics and that 
they're so so different than us. Do you ever hear that talk anymore like that? No. Yeah, it was no. real common like when I was really new and and so I was kind of I was kind of being given this presentation that alcoholics are a different type of person, you know, that we react to life differently than other people. And they would usually talk about the earth people in kind of like a oh a humorous way that you know um, that, that we're, we are so different. It's like almost comical, you know, that you got these earth people and you have us. Um, I don't hear that anymore, which, which is probably good, but I do still hear that sentiment that, um, alcoholics are somehow a different type of person. Maybe I don't hear that yeah, as much as I, I don't, used I don't to. think they do earth people. I think it's how people, you know, refer to newbies or not newbies, normies, you know, newbies is another term that we use, but normies is, is what, um, what I've heard the most. And you're right. That's yeah, kind of taken the over the earth people is that, thing. Yeah. Is that, you know, Oh, that's a normie thing or, or my partner's a normie. So he, you know, doesn't understand, you know, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. And yeah. And what I've found is that, yes, my partner does not drink alcohol and, uh, has never been in that, you know, alcoholic or addicted to anything as far as I, I know, but he is not normal. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. so calling him a normie is not an appropriate term. So, um, but yeah, the longer that I've, you know, been sober, the more that I feel like, um, yeah, that, that, you know, we all have different coping mechanisms and for those in the room, alcohol was ours for a while and it didn't work out. And so that's, you know, where we found us in ourselves in these rooms, but that other people use other things and have different coping skills and not all of them are healthy as well. And not all of them, you know, have a support group or a 12 step group. So anyway, I, I don't, I don't believe in the existence of, of normies, I guess. Uh, I think that there are some people who can drink, you know, and, in uh, moderation, but I still, you know, don't like the term <laughs> because because it implies that you know that that there is an, an ideal normal and that you know and I think everybody has problems. So. Yeah, no, it it is, and and also you can also take it to the other extreme. Um, I remember at my old home group there was a poster about how, and again, this is kind of off topic too, but it was about <laughs> um, how God selected. Like it was this big poem about how we're special people. The alcoholic is special. God chosen people. Have you ever seen this thing before? <laughs> well, I'd agree that we're special people, but not in the same way. No, it was like, so, um, like God yeah. chose the worst of the yeah. worst alcoholic right. to be his messenger, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard people talk like that, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a poem or something dedicated mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, but, you know, it. even with, even with the, you know, pandemic going on that, you know, I've gone back and forth with part of me says, yes, you know, I, I think that, that those of us that are in recovery, um, you know, have kind of a leg up and that, you know, we've had to come to acceptance, you know, um, with another issue, even though we didn't want to. Um, and so therefore, you know, this is another example of that. So maybe it's easier for us. Um, but I don't know necessarily that I, I think that that's true either. Um, you know, this is, this is a difficult thing for, for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's what it made me think of was something along those lines. So, 
And by the yeah. way, if anybody wants to call in, you can call at 844-899-8278. And I'll watch to see if there's any callers. And we'll take your call if you want to talk about any slogans, platitudes, yeah. or whatever that has either that, been helpful yeah, or Yeah, that unhelpful. you like or, yeah, or that have changed over the years that was useful for you at first and maybe isn't now or... Um, yeah, another one. Let's see, what was um, another one that uh, that I thought? Um, oh, I, I think I spoke when we were doing the steps on the never turn down a an AA service request um, or you know something you know that your sponsor asks you to do things like that. And that one I had to do a, you know resentment inventory thing on um, because it you know it went against what else the other things I was. Uh, learning, which was how to say no and set boundaries, um, because I'd say yes to a service, you know, uh, commitment, and then I'd resent whoever asked me to do it or the, you know, commitment itself and all of that kind of stuff. And so my sponsor had to work with me on um, learning to say maybe <laughs> or let me think about it and get back to you, um, things like that. So that was one that you know. I, I don't, I don't care for, and it just seems, you know, more cultish and bossy to me to, you know, that you have to do whatever somebody asks you in AA to do, yeah. you know, it really puts being pressure a, on you, you know, yeah, puts, being a service feel... is important and it, it's helped me, you know, and continues to help me in my sobriety. Um, but yeah, that one was one that I, I, you know, didn't care for that much. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one that I used to hear oh. a lot at my old home group that I, absolutely detest have always hated it stick with the winners <laughs> yeah yeah you know, because it's like i hate the idea that there's winners and losers right you know it's right. just it's just awful you know because yeah. the whole purpose of aa is like if some if somebody if somebody needs some help go over and talk to that person he's not right a, no one's a loser Right. Yeah. I mean, and because everybody has something to to share, you know, sometimes they're example of what to do, sometimes not what to do. Um, but yeah, the, even um, people, there are people that, you know, helped me in ways when I got sober um, that are no longer in the rooms, you know, that went out drinking again um, and that, you know, some of them went in and out and, and probably wouldn't be the best example of um, a successful person in recovery per se. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they didn't help me. Sometimes, you know, they said exactly what I needed to hear or was able to hear at the right time. Um, that's another thing I found is that sometimes people say something that, you know, apparently has been said a million times and, uh, you know, and I didn't hear it, you know, and it's like the first time somebody said it to me and, um, yeah, and they may be that person, but I, I agree with you, the stick with the winners. I'm like, um, yeah, we're all in AA, so you know, does that mean I should go to church or something? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's that one. Now there would be some, I guess, that were helpful. I, I actually I put all these on a spreadsheet, and I and I figured there were 22% of them were useful for me, and 70% <laughs> were not useful for me. So anyway, but some of the useful ones, I guess, I would say. Are you sure it's not 22.3%? <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> um, 
I would guess, I would say, well, one day at a time is good for me, but um, halt might have been good, I guess, to pay yeah, attention to. Yeah, no, I, I still find halt very, very helpful um, because those are things that are still true to me that when I'm, you know, hungry or, you know, have any of those things that are um, bugging me, then I, you know, I can't use my full capacity to respond appropriately to all situations. Yeah. So. Well, we triggered a caller. Someone's calling in. Let's see who All this right. is. All right. I thought we'd have a lot of callers <laughs> because everybody's got something they don't like yeah. in there. <laughs> okay. Hello. How you doing? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, my name is Mark. Hi, Mark. And Hi, I'm Mark. calling from uh, New Haven. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. How are you? I, I enjoy your podcast so much. I oh, just wanted you. to call in and thank you both. And oh, uh, yeah. we try to thank you to Ben, too, The some of those yeah. uh, earlier podcast with Ben with the steps and Angela with the steps have really been helpful to me. So yeah, I really appreciate it. So I'm calling in from New Haven, Connecticut. I'm quite a distance from you guys. Um, and I, I should say, you know, I uh, identify myself as a free thinker in the program. Um, I, I do have some beliefs, but I'll tell you, I, I've gotten so much help from your podcast and um, I get so frustrated <laughs> with the dogmatic nature of a lot of the, uh, the meetings that I found some great relief uh, listening to these things a few, starting a, a few years back. And uh, so when I heard the call-in option, I, I really wanted to, to uh, just say thanks, really. Uh, I, John, I'll just really quickly tell you a, a really quick story. I, I've been dealing with uh, type 1 diabetes for 45 years, and Several years back, I uh, decided to acquire a medical alert service dog to assist me with it. And um, the establishment I went through was located in Concordia, Kansas. So uh, after a two-year wait period, uh, my wife and I, we had to go out there. I had to go out there uh, for a week of training. That was part of the stipulation. So um, we decided to make a, a road trip uh, of it. We haven't seen that part of the country. And, uh, you know, I stopped my first night in Hershey, Pennsylvania with a fella I went to rehab with. And my second night was in Indianapolis with my cousin. And we saw the St. Louis Arch and found myself uh, the third night uh, in uh, Kansas City, and Missouri. And it happened, it happened to be a Saturday night. And I knew your home group meeting was the next morning. And we didn't have too long of a ride. So I actually went to your, I was actually able to attend your home group meeting. Oh, did you go to the uh, Sunday meeting at KU Med? The Sunday meeting at KU Med? It was at a medical facility and and the room, it was near a cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember, I remember because I wasn't there and someone said that that's that. that, You weren't there. Yeah. (laughs) But some, (laughs) I I want to say his name was Greg. Yeah. I I think so. Greg, does that sound right? Uh Uh-huh. Because he, yeah, he he goes Uh, at me all the time. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, he was the chairperson. Yeah, and I, yeah. boy, I love that meeting. Too. Oh, good. I'm glad. Great. Yeah, that meeting's turned out really well. Unfortunately, we don't have it. We. <laughs> go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, I would attend some around my parts here, but um, there are a couple in Connecticut, but they're an hour and a half one way for me, and it's kind of a long drive on a Tuesday night. But I'm in the city a lot. I'm right on the the train line into New York City. I'm only sixty miles from Manhattan. And I'm, I'm down there for meetings a lot in Greenwich Village, but, um, you know, the uh, the agnostic meetings are usually at night, and I'm usually down there during the day. So it uh, just hasn't worked out, but I, I was at your home group meeting, and that's my claim to fame with uh, with you. And I'm sorry I missed you. It would have been cool Oh, to I am too. You, good to be there. That group, that, um, yeah. we, that's interesting, that meeting, because uh, we have um, – our group has um, – a meeting. Okay. So we have like five meetings a week. We have one that meets in Kansas and the others are in Missouri. 
I don't know of any other group that has that where we have, we're in two different States like that, but that meeting in the, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That meeting in the KU med center in the Kansas side, that's become a really interesting meeting because a lot of the people that go to that meeting don't go to any of the others. And it's almost like we could spin that off into its own group, but but we're all just one big family and there are a lot of people that go to that yeah. meeting that do go to the others too. But it's been fun to watch how that's okay. evolved over time. Anyway, I'm so glad to it hear from you. It was pretty well attended. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was October of 17. So yep. it was about two and a half years ago and it was pretty well attended. I it is. It yeah, it still yeah. is. I think yeah. that it, yeah. it will often get about 15 people, you know, now, unfortunately right now it's yeah. closed down. Every, every, all of our meetings are temporarily closed down because of uh, the pandemic. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're doing all kinds of Zoom uh, Zoom meetings, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I sure hope that when it ends, it comes back again. But yes, thank you for calling and thank you for all the nice things you said. I appreciate absolutely. that. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was nice. That was nice, yeah. One of uh, the people that I know here <laughs> who is... Um, who's religious, um, but a, a dear friend, she sent me a text and wanted to know how I was going to, you know, all of these different meetings, you know, cause I've mentioned that, you know, I was in, in Australia and, you know, New Jersey and Jacksonville and, and things like that. And, um, and I told her that it was a uh, heathens live longer.net that we have a, a list of, of all of these zoom meetings. Oh. She didn't think it was as funny as I did. <laughs> I'm glad you just, said that because someone was actually asking about that in the meet in the chat room i think it was uh who was it she wanted to know where there's a list of meetings and that's where oh, yeah. what's the name of it again what's the no i'm kidding John. oh okay i'm sorry <laughs> it's a joke. well that's that's a question i get all the time it's like is there a list of yeah. these meetings and I, it's like the secular a website but there what's happened is there's so many different groups have these meetings that they're not necessarily listed like in one big place you know Right. Yeah. There's a couple of them. There's one that has, you know, um, just all kinds of meetings, um, mostly traditional. And then there is one, um, usually Joe, um, has a copy of it. Um, but it's been on, um, the AA Believe, uh, Facebook group. So if you're in there and you kind of scroll through, um, maybe one of these times I'll point it out to you and you can pin it or something like that. And then people can find it easier. Yeah. So, yeah, we do have um, a Facebook group. If you wanted to join that, it's uh, it's a private group. So you can be in there and, um, you know, you can post whatever you want to there and nobody will know that you're posting in, a, in an AA group or whatever. And there are a lot of the Zoom meetings listed in that group. People are just posting like, our, my group meets in this time or that time or whatever. So yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed in the in the chat that um, that Gail had wrote um, th- that uh, one of the things helpful to her was uh, when our sponsor said, "I don't drink no matter what," and uh, and you know, and I think that that one is a useful one too, particularly early on when you know you're you haven't developed tools yet, and yet you're you know trying not to drink, and you're still having feelings, and you're still super you know reactionary uh, to anything and everything that happens, and you know you feel like you're so raw. Um, the, you know, I don't drink no matter what, um, is simple and it, and it makes sense, you know, for that. So I like that one. 
Yeah, and that actually helped me too. Is it's it's it's, it's almost kind of ironic that the the, the okay, my problem is I can't stop drinking, and the solution is to stop drinking is to not drink. Mm-hmm. You just don't pick up the first <laughs> drink, and and it's this it, it sounds very simple, but it's not easy. And and when they yeah. tell you just don't drink no matter what. They're letting you know, I know it's not easy, but just hang in there. You know, it's going to get yeah, better I think over that's, time. Yeah, you know? that's probably it. Yeah. The, you know, it's, yeah, a little more uh, empathy in that yeah. uh, statement. Now, yeah. there was also some advice I was given early on. And I've come to the conclusion, well, I'll, I don't know how I feel about it, but um, it was, um, don't. well, there's two pieces of advice. One is don't make any changes during your first year, which is almost impossible because nothing but change happens in your first year. And then the second one is don't um, get into a relationship during your first year. <laughs> right. Oh right. Yeah. Well, you know, in a way that, 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 you know, usually um, people are being helpful or trying to be helpful with that, you know, um, because I know from my experience that that was a big one that I heard when I came in. Um, you know, my sponsor never, you know, gave me any sort of uh, suggestions like that. Um, but what she pointed out was that after doing the steps, I might think differently um, about, you know, and, and find, you know, things would be different and that might be one of those things. And, um, and it was true. So like my, in my early, you know, recovery of first, uh, you know, few months or so, um, there was somebody in the rooms who was a nice guy and he had, you know, I don't know, three or four years of sobriety and he seemed to really like me. And, and I was like, wow, somebody who, you know, has that much sobriety is interested in me, you know, and I feel so special. And, um, and, uh, you know, and at some point he, I don't know if he was pressured by other people and he really was a nice guy and, and really is, you know, um, and uh, if he got pressured, but, you know, he's like, well, you know, you're still new. So if, you know, you get a year of sobriety, we're both single, you know, I'd, I'd like to take you out. And to me, that was like the most romantic thing ever that he heard about my sobriety. But, you know, now I kind of think of it as that he put me on layaway. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and as it turned out, after I had finished the steps and, and got a little bit of sobriety, it was true that, you know, even though that this is a nice person and, you know, um, uh, was still sober and all of that. It, I was just not interested in the same thing. I was a different person. And so then I, you know, found other things more attractive, you know, um, different things attractive than I found when I was in, you know, early recovery. So, so I think it's, you know, it's, I wouldn't share it in a meeting, <laughs> you know, um, but when people ask me about it, um, that's what I share with them is that, you know, I found that when I, after I did some work and stuff that, yeah, the, the people I'm attracted to change and it continues to, you know, as I um, continue to stay sober. Um, so. Well, I think that's a good way to handle it. You know, and I, that's pretty much, I would never tell somebody that I don't think I did have someone tell me that, but for me, it really wasn't hard anyway. I just said I, I was okay. I, I, I felt so bad about myself. I couldn't imagine dating anybody. But um, I, I wouldn't now, first of all, I know there's no way you're going to stop anybody. So I'm not going <laughs> right, to go off and tell right. somebody not to yeah. do something like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, if they were asking for my advice or, or experience right. or whatever, then I might say, yeah, maybe, maybe it might be better to wait, you know, kind of. 
Right. And I've known a lot of people too that have gotten into relationships early in their sobriety and ended up getting married mm-hmm. and lived happily ever after. So you just right. You, never you, know. you you don't you don't know on that. So, um, but yeah, that was like the only person though for me that uh, that was interested um, <laughs> in me in early sobriety. So I didn't really have to worry about it either because I intimidated a lot of uh, of the guys in the room and and from what I'm told, still do sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was just very blunt and in early sobriety I was I was mean I was a lot meaner I I don't know that I was rude I was just very upfront that you know that you know telling me the doorknob can be my higher power is you know is just really stupid and um insulting and you know all of that and um and so, yeah, I get reminded of that once in a while, usually on my birthday when I share it, some of the meetings that I attended um, early on, because I did the, there's another one, the 90 meetings in 90 days thing. Um, so I went to tons of meetings because I didn't have a life anymore. And uh, so what else was I going to do? So I went to lots of different meetings, um, two or three a day sometimes. And um and yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, the 90 meetings in 90 days. Oh yeah. Just the, you know, that, um, there's been a lot of people that are still sober that watched me get sober and comment on, uh, the ways that I have changed. And usually the top comment is that I'm not as mean. So yeah. So that's sweet, you know, but yeah, yeah, I, it, it, ultimately helped me because then I didn't have to worry about dating and early recovery because, uh, yeah, most, most of the guys, uh, would not come near me. Well, people used to comment to me, they'd say, you never smiled and all that, but you know what? I, I didn't cause I felt so crappy. I mean, I really had a hard damn time. I was not a happy camper. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to smile about when I was, you know, it took, it took a little while for me to kind of get things squared away. It really, it really took me a couple of years. Jackie well, was that's really she- interesting um, that for you, because women get that all the time, both in mm. and out of the rooms that we're supposed to be smiling and stuff and I hate you that. should smile. And so that's kind of refreshing to hear that they were pressuring you as oh, well. Yeah, so. I hate that. I used to get it as a kid too. They say, oh, you're such a serious young man, you know, and smile and all this. I, I hate that. And, and sometimes they'd say it and I'm really happy. You know, I'm happy. I'm feeling right. fine. And someone tells me I need to smile. Yeah, I hate that. Um, yeah. But anyway, Jackie was writing. She said that, first of all, she thought that the whole um, advice about don't get in a relationship is is kind of controlling. Um, and then she said that she did date somebody who had, um, okay, he dated a guy with, she dated a guy with seven years when she had 30 days. And it didn't work out, but it wasn't anything that caused her to drink or anything like that. So, yeah, well, and also I think I just read it too, that, um, that it's what kept her coming back for a while. And I have heard of that too, of, of, you know, people who came in, uh, to the program, you know, chasing somebody else or, you know, came in, um, cause they thought they might have a problem and then, you know, was attracted to somebody else. And so kept coming because of that. Um, so yeah, you know, um, all of those things happen. And then there are some times when you go into a room and there's somebody there that you do not like. And so you don't come back, <laughs> you know, so, so all of the above with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This one, um, this is actually what was brought up, um, last week when we were talking, that's your disease talking. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is just a way of putting somebody disease. in their place basically. Right. Yeah. The stop thinking about it and just, you know, do what you're told. And, and, um, yeah. And the, that 
I think we shared last week goes along with the your your diseases in the corner doing push-ups, you know, and and that uh, you know for some people maybe that helps them stay stay you know uh, in line or or something like that or not get complacent or or something. But um, for me, it it just yeah, it's not helpful. Um, I don't like to think of it because you know I guess the disease model is is a little different in in my brain. Um, but I, I really think that you know that um, my alcoholism um, or my alcohol misuse uh, thing is uh, was a solution and that my brain came up with to, to try to help me, you know, and, and ultimately it wasn't helpful to me, but you know, the part of my brain that was pushing that didn't know that they thought they were being helpful. And so, you know, that's how it goes. And, and to, you know, think of it as an enemy. Um, yeah. I, I don't feel that that's very integrative, at least for me, it, it hasn't been conducive to my sobriety and doesn't, you know, help me feel like a, a complete, you know, human being if I'm fighting with different, different parts of myself. What do you think of the one they used to say, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have heard that one. Uh, that uh, the idea of, you know, if you feel sorry for yourself or wallow in self-pity or things like that. And, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I, I think it's not a very nice saying. <laughs> I mean, it it does, you know, the point they're trying to make is that, you know, when we're going through tough stuff and, you know, we, you know, sit in it, uh, you know, and that goes into, you know, a whole nother line of, you know, I want to don't sit in your own shit, you know, things like that. Um, but the idea is that, yeah, when we're dealing with stuff, it's important for us to talk about it or talk to a counselor or do something um, rather than continue to, um, to form a resentment or rehash it in our brains, because those are the things that um, can trigger us to uh, feel the need to change the way we feel um, with a substance. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I used to sometimes get confused too about um, when am I when am I engaging in self-pity and when am I um, just, you know, thinking about, you know, what, what, something I don't like or, or reaching out to somebody about, you know, um, how I feel about something, you know, um, I I just had a sponsor that um, often would talk about self-pity and self-centeredness and made me think about that all the time. And it confused me often that I thought, well, should I even bring this up? Is that selfish of me to bring this up? Should I not be thinking about this? You know, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess I turned out okay in the end, but it was kind of a confusing time. No, I, I, I definitely get that. And, and, you know, my understanding has changed uh, over time with that as well. And I think we've talked about this before that, you know, I, I highly regard myself with a capital S. Um, and so, you know, I, I, if I'm talking about ways that I'm behaving that um, are not the way I want to, I usually say that, you know, ego or, or something like that in order to, to change that because, um, because I, you know, myself is something that I'm trying to get in touch with, that I'm trying to reconnect with. And so, you know, using terms like selfish and self-seeking and self-pity and things like that, you know, I, I don't find, I don't find useful. And I don't know that many people do, but it's, it's one of the ways that we talk in AA and, um, and it probably stems from, you know, the beginnings of it being, you know, a bunch of 
you know, white, uh, you know, well-to-do guys that needed a little bit of leveling um, in order to stay sober. But for the majority of us, you know, both men and women, um, we don't need that kind of leveling. You know, we need to we need to get in touch with reality, definitely. And sometimes, you know, working on those things is what gets us in touch with re- reality. Um, but I don't know that the, you know, that calling myself selfish every time I have a, a thought or a feeling um, that, you know, that is, uh, you know, oftentimes it's a, a fear or reaction or that lizard part of my brain that is, you know, freaking out about something. And, uh, and I can't control that part of my brain. All I can control is my reaction to it. And, uh, and so, yeah, so beating myself up is, is not, not helpful with that. And somebody wrote about, and this is one I heard, I think, at my first meeting as well, that um, one drink is too much and a thousand is never not enough. That's what Rachel Kelly wrote. And that one, I think when I heard that, it was like, yeah, I can relate to that. You know, I, I could relate to that. And so, yeah, it was a nice, simple way of kind of putting across a point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, and it does, uh, does, you know, help me stay um aware of that's you know my um condition i guess or that you know that i never wanted one drink um you know i i wanted to stop feeling (laughs) you know and uh and one drink never was able to accomplish that and so i needed to do other things or more drinks or whatever um so yeah I have that same reaction to, I don't know, chocolate. <laughs> so, so there are certain things that still, go, still goes that way that uh, um, my partner who does well with moderation found out, you know, um, a while ago uh, that he was on the border of, um, of uh, what is it, um, pre-diabetes. So he wasn't pre-diabetic, but he was on the border of being pre-diabetic. So I guess it's pre-pre-diabetic. <laughs> and, um, and so he started moderating. And what he does is he has like this tiny little cup um, that's kind of like a shot get- glass, but, you know, shaped differently. And he'll put like root beer and then a tiny, you know, spoon of ice cream and make a mini root beer float. And, and yeah, and have that in, in my mind, you know, that's basically like with a drink or, you know, I'm like, what is the point? I do not want a, a shot glass of a yeah. root beer float that even, interesting, you though. know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it works for him. He just wants a taste of it and he's good to go. And, and he's been able to, you know, change all of his, his woodwork. So he's, he's fine now. But, um, but to me, it was, it was just interesting that he was able to do, you know, things in moderation that I, I'm still not able to do in moderation, or I guess I could do it, but I, I'd be unhappy, which was, you know, similar to when I tried to control my drinking is that, yeah, you know, uh, it, I wasn't happy if I just had one because that doesn't change the way I feel. So, so what do you think about this idea that some are sicker than others? I I've heard that said a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe it's true. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right. what context I've heard that, but I have heard yeah. that, you know, in meetings yeah. that some are sicker than others. Um, um, I think it's usually used in, in reference to somebody who is still uh, not behaving well um, right. in the program, you know? Yeah. So if it's, it's kind of like a judgmental somebody, thing, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes it's, it's 
warranted in some ways. I mean, we do have predators in the program. And so oftentimes, you know, I'll, I'll hear it in reference to somebody who is, um, who is, you know, going after young women with new sobriety and, and uh, you know, or it, it can be, you know, somebody who's taken over a meeting doing the bleeding deacon thing and, and um, yeah, and scaring people away because they're saying you have to get God or, or die and stuff. Um, so, you know, that's something, someone that, you know, I'm sure um, I've heard said is, you know, some are sicker than others. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a way of, 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 both identifying that we're still all in this fellowship together, but that not all of us get well. So yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Well, there's still time if anybody wants to call in. We've only had one caller tonight. But, I uh, know. I was surprised. I really thought that people would want to call in and share, you know, the the platitudes and the sayings that, you know, uh, that bug them. And then, you know, any that they feel strongly are, are really helpful. So but a lot of people in the chat room. That's really cool to see. There's still 20 people in there. A lot of people making comments. Yeah. I love to see that. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of like it's kind of like having a meeting. I liked what you said. It's like having a right. meeting, but... Um, we're the only two that keep repeating ourselves and telling the same old story over and over. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're <laughs> the two old people in there <laughs> who tell the same old stories. Yeah, yep, that's that's what it is. That is funny. Yeah. I, I, back in my old home group, there, you know, we'd have these old geezers that would do that. You know, they tell their old, the same old story over and over, and and people would roll their eyes. I said, "Well, you just wait. That'll be us someday." Right. Yeah. Well, and I think also the the thing about this is that um, that people know they have the option to call. So to me, it's a little bit more like um, when you're in a meeting and uh, you go to the meeting to to get something out of it, but you don't necessarily share and you have the option to share if you want to. But, you know, here you you really don't because we we can't uh, call on you. (laughs) You have to call us. (laughs) It's really kind of cool. I mean, it's fun that people, they can kind of talk to each other in the chat room they can listen to the podcast they can call us if they want to it's just kind of a nice little it's kind of it's like an aa meeting slash party in a way yeah yeah no i totally agree i think somebody was mentioning something about um being advised for to continue to have a high fluid intake because your body's used to it. Um, I've, I've never heard that, but um, I know in that getting sober book um, that they, they talk about sugar that, you know, having hard candy and stuff like that. And I, I took that to heart <laughs> and really, you know, um, it's like, I have to have sugar. My body's used to a high amount of sugar because of alcohol. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, so that was one. Oh, yay. Oh, here we go. Hello. Hi, this is Kathy. I'm from Missouri. Oh, hey, Kathy. How you Hi, doing? Kathy. This is John. I'm from Missouri, too. <laughs> I know. And, uh, I, uh-huh. and I, visited, I visited the meeting one time, mm-hmm. and it's just because I, I work five days a week, and that Saturday, and I don't want to drive up to the city in the night, and but, mm. you know, on Saturday morning, I went, and you know, it's a 45 minute drive and yep. a 45 minute drive back and after working all week, you know, so anyway, then I, so the, the, um, I've found the sober she devils. I found everything through oh. your podcast oh, and, cool. and it's oh. just been wonderful. Oh, it awesome. just changed my life. And oh. so, yeah, oh, that's uh, here. I, I did. Yeah. And so, um, um, I've, I've always, uh, uh, been uh, on the outside but did traditional a because i didn't have anything else 
So the one thing that did always help me was uh, take what you need and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. And um, because I couldn't couldn't take all that stuff they were saying, it's like, and I needed to be sober. I needed, I wanted, and I needed to stay sober. And so it's like, okay, well, uh, that's what I'm going to do then. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take what, what I need and leave the rest. Oh, and I'm so glad that you brought that through. one up. Yeah, yeah, because we don't hear it so. in uh, where I got sober. That one's not shared very often at all. I've heard that it's shared in Al-Anon here more, um, but it's not usually shared in the rooms be- yeah, because there's quite a few um, meetings where, you know, you have to do things, you know, buy the book and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I love Take What You Want and Leave the Rest. And uh, I think that's super helpful, particularly for people who are free thinkers, atheists, or agnostics, or just, you know, feel... Um, on the out in in some way is that yeah you know you don't have to listen to everything and, and take every advice or every suggestion in there you know use what's helpful so I'm glad you brought that one up yeah that's why it should yeah be. and I um I did yeah and it's what I held on to you know it's like well, I don't know yeah someone told me one time take what I need and leave the rest and that's what I'm doing <laughs> uh, and then I want to tell you one I don't like and it is um keep it simple, stupid. And, um, I do believe in keeping it simple, but I don't like the idea of calling myself or anyone else stupid. So I don't know if you've ever heard that one or not. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But I, so I would say, keep it simple, sweetheart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if I thought I needed to use that slogan at all, that's, that's what I would (laughs) do, but I just never, that just turns me off. Oh, definitely. yeah so thank you all oh, so thank much you, Kathy. and um just yeah I, again uh 20 years practically traditional a almost 20 years in in traditional and and just one day it was like you know what i just have to be true to myself i can't go back and i got online and i just started typing in free thinkers or what secular or something mm-hmm. and there you were how about that thank you for being here <laughs> oh great oh it's so nice to hear from you all righty you take care now yes be well nice to call okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye. Oh, that was nice yeah you've changed you've changed uh recovery for a lot of people john well so. <laughs> Ah, oh boy. We're all grateful. Well, you know, at least a, most of the time. <laughs> what an amazing experience it's been. And, you know, when I think back about it, um, you know, it was finding A Agnostica, it was going to that convention, that conference in, in Santa Monica, all these people that I've met online. Um, I never, ever dreamed I would be doing a podcast. And I wouldn't have it had it not been for meeting, you know, all these people from all these yeah. places, you know. So. What a what a wonderful deal this has been, and I love to hear yeah. I hear comments like that from people, especially yeah. someone right here from Missouri, because I know Missouri can yeah. be a difficult place sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway. yes, it can. <laughs> well, oh. anything else that we should cover before we call it a night? Um, I don't know. Um, somebody mentioned that uh, this the um. 
doing the steps or it's only a suggestion, you know, um, but that, uh, but that, you know, it's not a suggestion. So when people say, you know, that it's only suggestion, then they're like, but a major suggestion. Yeah. Or, they say it's like, like, it's, it's like opening up your parachute is a, is a suggestion they say. Right. And right. It, yeah, it's, right. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not right. That's, that's right. kind of funny. I mean, it's over the that. years. Um, a lot of AA groups has just gotten more and more and more rigid. Cause mm-hmm. I know it's, that was my experience when my very first, my first group I went to, they were so mm-hmm. nice. It laid back. It was like, yeah, don't you, you just you do what you need to do yeah. kind of, you know, it was really, they yeah. were really nice and gentle. But then I, over the years and I, and it, maybe it was just because I changed, I went to this other group. Um, it was like more rigid about, no, don't read living sober, read the big book. That's the only book you ever need to yeah. read, you know, and you got to do all this stuff. So. Right. Yeah. From, from my understanding, and I haven't studied it a lot, though, um, is um, there's a good paper that uh, I believe the UK's minority opinion wrote several years ago on um, the cinnamon cult and how that influenced AA um, as well as recovery culture and, and the, the way that it was adopted for institutions and, and uh, prisons and things like that. So it's a really long read with the citations within it because I think it's APA. <laughs> but, um, and so it took me a while to read through. But it is interesting because it does go back to how, you know, some of these things got put into place um, that really aren't a part of the AA program, but, you know, we've just gotten used to them and so many of us think that they are like you know saying the lord's prayer at the end or any of the chanting you know um or that you have to 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 do the steps the boot camp type of things that um that exist apparently um quite a few of them stem from that and um and so yeah um if someone's interested in that you might might check it out um and uh, I, I found it interesting and and still need to probably read it over a couple more times to understand it better yeah, I should go back over there. Are, are there two different minority report sites? Is there like one in the UK and one in the US? Because um, I, I went to one where I think it was a minority report and they were talking about that synonym cult thing and they mm-hmm. they brought up, um, oh, it's like some kind of a um, plot and it, and it mentioned mm-hmm. um, William White was in there. It even mm-hmm. mentioned um, AA Beyond Belief and AA Agnostica. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. Um, yeah, that must be a newer one because yeah. I don't think the one, the <laughs> copy I got. Because I'm not yeah. involved in any plot. And I don't even know what synonym right. is, but I will learn about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But there are, there, there's, I know that there is a different, there's a, is it the, okay, there's the AA Cult Watch. And there's different mm-hmm. cult watch sites too, because I once referenced yeah. the wrong cult site. I think there's a British cult site, which is the the cult site you want to go to, I guess. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you're gonna go to a cult site, go yeah, to that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not not a cult. Right. Um, right. Cult, right. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. This is fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you everybody for, for your comments and the, and for listening and for all your support. And thank you, Angela, for joining me once again on this uh, Friday yeah. night. Um, thank you for having distancing. me. So much fun. 
Right. So, um, and if you guys have any ideas of what you'd like us to talk about next week, um, be sure to email us. Otherwise, we'll keep coming up with things like this. So. Yeah, please do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you something I've been thinking about doing. I don't know how this mm. would work, but I was thinking about contacting Bob Kay and asking if he mm-hmm. would come on and give like some kind of a presentation about AA history, some subject on AA history yeah. that we could talk about. Yeah, that that'd be, be great. I actually referenced his his book for this, um, but wasn't finding what I was looking for. So, um, yeah. So I, I thought about that. I'm like, we should we should contact him and yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, that works. That'd be a good yeah, idea. I think I'll, be, I'll do that, and I'm and maybe people would, would want to call in and talk to him. He he's a good guy. He's I, a lot of fun. I, I hear he's kind of shy though. So oh yeah, I don't he is shy. If, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, cool. That sounds like a fun one. I'm pressing all the right buttons today. I can't believe it. Woohoo! It's a good Friday for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good Friday. Good Friday. Easter Bunny comes Sunday, I guess. Okay. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. We'll be back again next Friday with another episode of Sober Distancing and we'll, whatever topic we're going to come up with. Maybe we'll have Bob on. Who knows? And uh, also, you know, I do have some other podcast episodes I need to post. And I apologize for not getting to them. I've been a little bit busy, I guess, or just, I don't know, distracted. But uh, once again, thank you all. It's just a pleasure and an honor to do this. Take care, everyone.